and welcome to the first edition of the DLSO Spotlight Pod of 2020. I am your host, Vito Chirko, a class of 2011 graduate from DLSL Collegiate. And I had the pleasure and the honor of speaking to many students on DLSL Career Day a week ago now, when 65 alums, including myself, gathered to speak to the students about a variety of career-based experiences. Mine being in the industry of public relations and social media, and people from a diverse amount of backgrounds gathered. People in physical therapy, Julie Martell and Kyle Siminski of HealthQuest Physical Therapy. You had individuals who practice and have practiced medicine that were there. Dr. Charles Lucas, Dr. Frank Wilson as well. Two individuals that I interviewed on this episode, this DLSL Career Day oriented episode of the DLSL Spotlight Podcast. Individuals, once again, in a variety of fields, guys. And Jonathan Stano who is my first guest on this episode. He is a financial advisor. So individuals in business, in medicine, and a variety of other backgrounds as well. And to sum it all up, many accomplished individuals were there in attendance on DLSL Career Day 2020, the first of its kind in many, many years for DLSL Collegiate, and a great initiative spearheaded by DLSL's Alumni Relations Director, Dennis Cook, and Brendan Johnson, the Associate Director of Alumni Relations at DLSL, coming up with this great idea and implementing it with DLSL Career Day this year. So, it was a pleasure to work alongside those two individuals and everybody at DLSL and to help put on a terrific career day in which an impact was felt by many of the students. So I felt like I provided something and these individuals that I'm about to name off also felt like they were able to contribute something to the students on that day. And they are my guests as well, starting with Jonathan Stano. Yes, Jonathan is hitting a leadoff. And I'm going to give a bio on each guy as well. Following Jonathan, I had Dr. Frank Wilson, followed by Dr. Charles Lucas. So three accomplished individuals with three different graduating years. Jonathan a little bit younger than Dr. Wilson and Dr. Lucas, respectively. Jonathan Stano a class of 2004 graduate who works as an independent financial advisor for Alliance Catholic Credit Union. He is a member of the DLSL Alumni Association as well. Now, he previously worked as the director of financial planning for a regional RIA and independent broker dealer. And he spoke to the students about a day in the life of a financial advisor, balancing the analytical work with the psychological and business development aspects of the business. A very interesting combo to follow with Jonathan. And once again, after him, I had the chance and the pleasure to speak with Dr. Frank Wilson, a graduate of the class of 1948 and from the De La Salle campus that was based right by the Detroit City Airport. And Dr. Wilson, who is now retired, was once the chief of medicine and chief medical officer at St. John Hospital and also a clinical professor of medicine at Wayne State University, a very accomplished individual. And he spent 40 years in the medical field. Yes, four decades full of practicing medicine, a very accomplished professional. And I went from one doctor to another 
on this episode as I also have the chance and pleasure to speak with Dr. Charles Lucas from the class of 55, also attended the previous campus of De La Salle by the city airport. He currently still practices medicine as a professor of surgery at the Wayne State University School of Medicine, and he's had a very successful career in the medical field. His clinical areas of interest include cancer surgery, GI surgery, multiple system organ failures, and surgical treatment of organ injury, trauma management, and critical care. He had the opportunity to speak to the students about the education and training procedures, as well as his university and surgical practice background. So three individuals that I learned a ton from just by speaking with them for a matter of five to ten minutes each. So those interviews are to follow. Plus, at the very end, to wrap up this episode of the DLSL Spotlight Podcast, I had the chance to speak with two current students at DLSL, and those individuals are senior Tony Sarah and also junior Will Smythe, two interesting guys that had the chance to share their experiences at DLSL, what they've garnered throughout their years at the collegiate thus far, and they described the sense of brotherhood at DLSL as well that is readily present to this day. So those two guys speak with me to end this episode once again. And to start off, I talked with Jonathan Sano first, but before I get to his interview, let me first plug a few must-follow Twitter handles for DLSL. First with the Pilots Alumni Association. Follow the DLSL Pilots Alumni Association on Twitter at DLS Pilots Alumni. Follow this very podcast on Twitter at DLSL, and that would be DLS Alumni Pod. And that is for this DLSL Spotlight Podcast. And last but not least, follow the high school itself on Twitter at DLSL HS. All must follow Twitter handles once again. And here now are three must-listen-to interviews with DLSL alums, followed by two students speaking to me in Tony Sarah and Will Smythe. But now to the first alum I had the chance to speak with, and that would be once again, Jonathan Stano. Guys, enjoy. And here we go on DLSL Career Day with DLSL alum Jonathan Stano. Jonathan, how are you, by the way? Doing well, doing well. It's early. I'm uh, about to go into the presentation now, so uh, looking forward to seeing the students. So what is your uh, itinerary for the students then, too? What are you going to deliver to them today? Um, I'm a financial advisor, so um, I don't have any cool, flashy stuff to show them, but uh, really kind of just give them more of an idea since I was in their shoes not that long ago, although it really is kind of long now ago. Now it feels like that, it, right? Yes, but um, just giving them an idea of somebody that was in their shoes kind of how I went through college, got the jobs I got, internships, um, and to where I am today. So um, giving them a path, everybody's going to have their own, but at least that can somebody can take something from that that might be uh, words of wisdom. And then kind of giving them a better idea of what financial advisors are. I think there's some you know, misconceptions or maybe people think it's all uh, technical stuff or analytical work, and that's certainly a component, but 
a lot of other parts of it is, you know, almost being a life coach, a marriage counselor at times, and all those other aspects that people may not think of. So not all about the numbers. In class of what, by the way, too? 04. 04. Now, speaking of those financial advisors, I mm-hmm. see a guy like Alex Rodriguez, mm-hmm. former big league ball player. Mm-hmm. He's doing it now. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to think and conceptualize all this. If there's a guy like that who's doing it, who has his experiences, but then there's somebody that maybe isn't a big name that does it too. Mm-hmm. But you're still a mentor. Mm-hmm. And do you think there is a difference between a guy like that who's handling maybe bigger accounts and maybe dealing with celebrities, and then there's somebody like you, and I know I'm making you sound like somebody not important (laughs) or something too, right? (laughs) But I mean, it's funny. I I see Alex Rodriguez now. He's doing a show all about it. So there's celebrities as well that do it, and then just, I guess, your basic average Joes as well, right? Yeah, so, and at the end of the day, that's going to make his job easier because he has name recognition. I mean, you don't, you know, someone that doesn't know me doesn't, you know, until I actually can get in front of them, explain how. I work, they get a sense of how I care about clients or how I operate, why would they trust me? Versus somebody like that, they have some name recognition, they're going to get people coming to them no matter what. So it's so it's going to make ease of client acquisition a lot easier for someone that has you know a great story or is a professional athlete um, or even some people that think, hey, if I, um, you know, if I was a college athlete, in college athletics, and I know all these other college athletes, well, I can be their financial advisor. They have an in. You need an in at the end of the day, and everybody's going to have their own niche. No, even financial advising or another profession, you're going to have some specialty or something that makes you different. At least for me, um, our offices uh, are in a Catholic credit union. So me being a DLSL alum goes a long way with a lot of people. And it's just having that conversation with say, hey, I went to DLSL. And you go, oh, you know, the person's saying, my brother went there, my grandson goes there. And it's a conversation we have. So it's something you can start building that relationship on and start building that trust there. Otherwise, you may not have any other commonalities. And you probably started in high school, building relationships here at the collegiate mm-hmm. and then in college mm-hmm. and, and therefore, right? Mm-hmm. So you've gained clients through that as well? Can you yeah. talk about that, how you have gained clients yourself too? Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I've had, uh, even just, just mentioning a grandson, we had somebody recently that um, uh, they just talked about, oh, my grandson was looking into it, and I can just have a conversation and kind of tell them, hey, this was my experience at DLSL. This is how it benefited me in terms of getting into college, getting scholarships, just preparing me for everything else that's happened afterwards, and, and instilling a strong work ethic. Um, and that goes a long way, and it's encouraged some people to say, okay, I'm gonna really encourage my son to go on, a, go on a visit. It might be an eighth grader that's thinking about coming here. I tell him, that's how I learned about it. Um, I came and walked and did a, did a day with a student, and you get to see that, that real life of what it's like at the collegiate. And then how about experiences then for yourself? Walking through those hallways here at the <laughs> collegiate, what was that like for you when you were a student yourself, John? Um, what I love most about it is truly, and we, we use the term a lot, but it's a brotherhood um, because it's just a bunch of guys. You're not here to impress anybody, um, but it is, our class was small enough that we, you knew who everybody was, but you didn't necessarily have to be friends with everybody. You didn't hang out with everybody, um, but it was that, that perfect class size of you knew who everybody was and you were friendly with everybody. Um, that, that creates that bond as opposed to going to some school that has 500 students per class, and you could go four years and never even meet a quarter of those kids, right? Um, so to me, it's just that personal relationship you form with all the everybody in your class almost, and 
how close you can get with the different teachers here. I mean, I just ran into Mr. Kirk a few minutes ago, and he was honestly my favorite teacher. And the few times I've been back, I always try to, and I have been able to, um, you know, reach out to him. But again, it's just those the shared memories, shared experiences with other alums that have gone through the same process uh, goes a long way. In a brotherhood, like you said, really, that's the defining, I think, aspect of deal of selling a small, close knit community. Mm-hmm. So now for you, I'll leave you with this, John. The biggest lesson that you gained from Deal of Sell, which you kind of already reflected upon, yeah. but maybe one vital lesson that you still carry with you to this day. Um, I think in this I can do in my current job too is just do right by people. Um, you know, your reputation can be tarnished easily it, and you can easily um, take an extra minute. I mean, I have some people that will call for advice or it's a friend of a friend and they're just saying, hey, that, this situation I have with my current advisor, can you help me out? It may not even be something where it's gonna lead to business for me directly, um, but I can help that person out, point them in the right direction, and that goes a long way. And you never know if that person then's gonna say, wow, I had, he wasn't even doing business with me, but he, he helped me out and took the time. That can lead to other referrals, and again, you just do right by people, and it's gonna help you. You don't necessarily know when or how it's gonna help you, but it makes life a lot more enjoyable to live that way. And again, I feel like it'll, it'll come full circle. Yeah, that's a way of living life, I think, to the fullest. And then it pays huge dividends down the line mm-hmm. in some capacity. Yep, pay it forward. And, and we don't know right now what it will lead to, but pay it forward. And usually it leads to something vital for yourself as yep. well and for others too Absolutely. down the line. And John, words to live by right there to leave us <laughs> with. Thank you very much for all the time Thank on this you. episode. Appreciate it. And that was the class of 2004, Deal of Cell graduate, Jonathan Stano, lending his insight on the career he has as a financial advisor. And what a terrific background he has in that profession. And uh, funny enough, as you already heard, we ended up talking about Alex Rodriguez too. I I talked about him being a financial advisor and dealing with celebrities and how that does differentiate maybe him from John and what John does. But still, there are the similarities and the ones that relate specifically to building and sustaining relationships over time in that field and in many fields that you go into. And now, with that being said, let's transition into my interview with the first of two doctors that I had the chance to interview on this episode. And the first doctor is Dr. Frank Wilson. Enjoy. DLSL alum, Dr. Frank Wilson with me here on DLSL Career Day 2020. Glad to have you here with me, Dr. Wilson. Thank you. How are you doing so far, by the way, too? Doing fine. So what would you like to present to the students here at Career Day today? Well, first, I'd like to talk a little bit about my bio uh, and point out certain aspects of it that I think they would appreciate uh, as educational. And, uh, for example, uh, I would use the... uh, my experience in internal medicine, infectious disease, chief medical officer, and uh, that sort of thing. And class of what from Deal of Cell, by the way, too? Class of uh, 1948. So at the old Deal of Cell, by the airport. By the airport, right. What was that like? And how different, I guess, uh, comparatively speaking, from that Deal of Cell campus yeah. to this one here in well, Warren? We took two buses to get there. It was in Detroit, and... Um, it was right across from the airport. We could see the airplanes coming by. <laughs> that must have been something, too. That's why we're called pilots, I guess. Absolutely. Favorite experiences and memories from walking through the hallways at De La Salle when you did? Well, of course, uh, having close uh, friendships with my classmates was really great. And I uh, was able to keep in contact with many of them for quite a while. Working with the brothers uh, was also a great experience in the sense that 
they, um, at least I, I, I felt their intention was to make sure we knew how to study. And they did this by whatever assignment you had, they would quiz you on it the next day at random. So if you wanted to do, if you didn't do your homework, you were subject to being called on the next day and being asked the questions that you didn't know. So I think it gave us, uh, at least it gave me the, the uh, impetus to make sure I studied every night. So then you did. I mean, because dealing with that, to be prepared, you had to read, you had to study. And, right. and how important is that then? If you could tell these kids now that are walking through the hallways of De La Salle, the importance of that, of always doing their homework, of reading up on stuff the night before as well. That's the most important thing. I mean, you have, you have to study hard no matter what you're going to. And then how about the brotherhood? as well. Can you talk about that as well and what that was like for you when you were at De La Salle? As you uh, went through the four years, you probably had different classmates early on that you were friends with, but you evolved into others once you were close to when you were seniors. And and, and that was uh, a great thing because we, we went together different places. We went on vacation even together. And... Um, we were close friends after we graduated. And where did you go to school after De La Salle? I went to Holy Cross College on a Navy scholarship from uh, La Salle. Uh, six of our class uh, were accepted into the NROTC program that paid for your college education, and you then served three years as an officer. And uh, I was sent to Holy Cross College, a Jesuit school in Massachusetts. What was that experience like for you? That was, uh, you know, all-male all school again. Um, similar experiences, except the Jesuits uh, gave you the material, and they didn't care what you did with it, as long as you could answer the questions at, time, at the exam time. So I, I had to adjust for that, and um, I finally made an adjustment, and I went to the, I went to the library every night. Then <laughs> smart move right there. So speaking <laughs> of, they uh, learned my lesson, right? Right, you learned your lesson there. Now. Speaking of being a doctor and what you do now in your career, when did you know that you actually wanted to be a doctor? It was when, uh, after I finished two years at Holy Cross, and I uh, recognized that uh, I didn't have to wait for the three years after graduation to apply to medical school, which was okay with me. And uh, my father was a physician, and I think early on I, I shied away from it because of the, the amount of, of work he, he put in. But uh, when I got matured a little bit, I realized that that was beside the point. How long have you practiced medicine now? I started, uh, I completed my training in 1964, and I practiced to 2002. And what is it like practicing medicine? What is it like for those that may be interested in it right now that are here at De La Salle? Well, I think that what I'm going to talk to the group today about is, uh, is how you get into medical school today, because it's certainly relevant for them and what I had to do was not relevant to them it's many years ago and um, and talk about some of the changes that have occurred in in the um, testing process to get you into medical school and uh, what they are and uh, if time enough I'll have a, a time to uh, present a case so they can see what it's like to be a doctor in your most positive moment, I'll leave you with this now, Dr. Wilson, your most positive moment from being a doctor throughout all the years that you've been a doctor, which I know this is a, a hard one for you probably, too, to think about one, or maybe give me a couple that really stand out to you. 
Well, it's it's a lot of situations where you're able to improve uh, a person's uh, health. You see somebody go from being very sick to be well. And that's always a positive thing, obviously. And that's your intent, obviously, too, as a doctor and helping out people in that capacity. That's that's the reward that you get for doing that. Well, Dr. Wilson, thanks for all the time and best of luck today when you speak to the guys at DLSL for DLSL Career Day. Thank you. And thanks to Dr. Wilson for all of his time. And now to the second of two doctors I had the chance to interview on this episode of the DLSL Spotlight podcast. Dr. Charles Lucas, what an interesting man, and many stories he had the chance to tell me on this episode. Without further ado, here is that chat. Dr. Charles Lucas here with me on DeLaSalle Career Day. Dr. Lucas, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Well, thanks for doing this with me, and what would you like to talk to the kids about today on Career Day? Well, I think it's important that the uh, students sort of had a a philosophy of life, that they understand that uh, the academic education is just one of many things which leads to their maturity and their subsequent development of what they're going to do in life. And it's really about developing these kids, right? And, and getting them in the school and developing them here while they're walking through the hallways and inside the classroom. And, and you developed as a classmate or a student yourself at DLSL. And, and when did you graduate, by the way? I finished in 55, many moons ago. So a little bit ago, okay? You're a little bit, only a little bit older than me. But when you did, you walked through the hallways at the old DLSL, right? By the Detroit City Airport. We were at the school when it was at Glenfield and Connor, yes. How different? Compared to this school now on this campus, was well, that campus? This is a, a much larger campus, has much greater facilities, and is, I'm sure, much better for the students, although we were very happy at the old campus. And then, speaking of that, what did DLSL do for you? Well, DLSL is part of the puzzle in the development of maturity. Yeah, everything goes back to our parentage, uh, our neighborhoods, our education at the grade school and high school level as it prepares us to move on to life into the university level. It's all a very complex process, and LaSalle has been a wonderful, wonderful institution for their part of the process. And speaking of your career now, let's talk about that because it is career day. We want to reflect upon that. When did you know that you wanted to start practicing medicine? I didn't uh, realize uh, what I wanted to do in life uh, until uh, probably after I was even in medical school. I wasn't even sure I wanted to be in medical school. But during my process in medical school, I had certain exposures which convinced me I'm in the right profession and which directed me into the field of surgery. So I have to ask, what actually convinced you then? What kind of events transpired that convinced you that this was the right career path for you? Well, when I was starting my uh, third year in medical school and wasn't really sure why I'm in medical school, I rotated on the surgical service and uh, the five residents rotating from the first Yale level to the fifth level uh, were an interesting group of people. I describe them as clowns. They were always teasing each other. Uh, they were always competing with each other. Uh, when they would go out in the evening, they would party together. But the one thing about all of them was that the most important thing in life was that their patient get better. 
And so the combination of commitment to the patient and the desire to be colleagues with one another, I decided uh, that's who I am and decided I'm going to be a surgeon like they are. So what have you learned in your days of being a surgeon? What have you learned through that, doctor? Well, it, it, the, being a, a surgeon uh, implies a certain cognitive skills, certain technical skills, but more importantly, you have to have the skill of concern that your patients do the best thing possible. So, I mean, speaking of that now, too, and being a surgeon, how difficult can it be at times? Can you specify that for my listeners and I, and especially for anybody listening to this that might be a student as a young guy, young girl that wants to become a surgeon one day? Uh, the worst thing that can happen is uh, for your patient to die on the table. And I've had uh, three Detroit police officers with multiple gunshot wounds die on the table while I was working on them. So that is the, the greatest uh, burden that we have to bear. And then you sit down, you meet with the officer's wife and the chief of police and try to explain all the different injuries and why you couldn't salvage the patient. So there's nothing worse than having a patient die on you. So how tough can that be on you mentally? Because I have to believe you have to be mentally tough as a man or a woman getting into this profession, doctor, and then seeing all that happen right in front of you. Well, you have to be of the personality that once a bad thing occurs, you can put it, that into the aspect of history and then move forward into the future for the next challenge that you have to face. That has to be part of your personality. So your biggest word of advice then to anybody that is aspiring today to become a doctor, a surgeon, something in the medical field, what is that word of advice to those individuals? Always have as your greatest concern your patient's welfare. And something, I want to leave you with this now, doctor, something unique about you. What is that that many people do not know? Can be related to the medical profession, can be unrelated to it, anything you want to touch upon right now and tell my listeners and I. Gosh, I don't know if there's anything unique to me. <laughs> Putting you on the hot seat a little bit, making you yeah. think a little bit. and I mean, because you've done this for so long now, this profession. And I mean, I guess I'll ask you with that being said, have you ever thought about doing anything else in your life besides for in the medical profession? Well, for a number of years, I thought I wanted to be a missionary surgeon, uh, so I never did to go to the faraway missions, but some people say that I've been a missionary surgeon working in the inner city for all of my career. So always in the inner city, too? I've always worked in the inner city, yes. And now, have you ever thought about leaving the city then to work somewhere else outside of the city. Well, I've been offered the opportunity to take different chairmanship positions elsewhere, but I wisely decided that I really want to stay in Detroit. So I'll leave you with this, doctor. You stayed because of what then? What made you want to stay? I'm a Detroiter. A Detroiter. through thick and thin, no matter what then, doctor. I like that. And I appreciate all the time here on this podcast. Well, thank you very much. And thanks to all three of those De La Salle Collegiate alums for all of their time and insight lent on this episode of the De La Salle Spotlight podcast. And now to my interviews with two current De La Salle students in Tony Sarah, the senior Tony Sarah, and the junior Will Smythe. And here are those interviews now. Enjoy. So we got De La Salle students here with me on De La Salle Career Day. Tony Sarah, Will Smythe. 
Tony, let's start with you, man, a fellow Paisan. That's right. Okay? And fellow Paisan. Talk about Career Day, okay, and what you've learned so far from the speakers here at Career Day. You know, um, they said that if I go into the National Guard, um, I can get a lot of money off. I actually have to go like two days out of the whole week, uh, the whole month, and I'll get $300. They'll pay me to go, actually. And they said that I get $6,000 off any college when I go to, if I wanted to go in the National Guard. And it was actually really interesting because it's something I could think about later on if I actually wanted to go and to do that. And it's something I think about later on. Did you ever think about going into the National Guard before today I or no? Not, no, and, and learning about that after, it taught me a lot, and it was very interesting. So, Will, to you now. You're on the hot seat here. Not really. But now, who spoke to you, and what did you learn here on career day? In my first class, I also had the National Guard. Okay. And they taught me a lot because usually when you, like, they wear the uniform and everything, you think of, like, people going, like, off to war, and, like, they're only working two they work like one week in a month and it's they get paid to do it. It can be like a part-time thing and you get a lot of benefits. Like they're talking about how at Wayne State you can pretty much go for free. So it allows you different opportunities. And then in my what would be my biology class, we had a pediatrician come and he talked about like how he really wasn't interested in it in the beginning, but like in college he changed his mind a lot and he like found a love for it and he said how like his goal, or he thinks that in life everybody should do something to better the world. And what he did was he was a pediatrician for like child, like children that get abused, and like he he helps them better their situation so that they're safe, and he ensures the safety of the kids, and they just become. Like, that was his way of, and his purpose. So any interest in National Guard before today and being a pediatrician, or was this all just new to you and, and interesting at the same time as well, Will? Well, to be honest, I didn't even really know what the National Guard, like, I knew there's the Air Force Academy, there's the Navy, Army. I didn't know that, like, you could serve your country and it wasn't such a full-time thing. And get that free tuition, guys, too. If you can get that free tuition in college. I mean, it's so expensive now in college, no matter where you go. So it's so key. And let me just ask you now about DLSL overall-wise. Walking through these hallways in Warren, Michigan, at DLSL Collegiate, what have you learned so far throughout your career? And what year, by the way, Will, are I'm you two? You're a junior. I thought you were because you played some basketball, too, for yeah. Greg Esler, the legendary Greg Esler now here at DLSL. Uh, what have you learned, though, from being here at DLSL as a student? Well, before the, like... I think it's actually, our motto is builders of boys, makers of men. It's actually taught me so much about like building relationships and more than just like actual academics. Like it's taught me how to like carry myself, not only in the classroom. So I think it's been very beneficial. So inside and outside the classroom, back to Tony. Okay, Tony, talk to me about DLSL and what you learned from just being a student here so at the collegiate. Being a senior here, I've learned a lot. Coming in freshman year, you know, I was a nervous kid. I didn't really have many friends. You know, I, I had to make my own friends, and I had a few, but going progressing through senior year, I learned that it's taught me a lot of independence. Going on your own, transitioning from middle school to high school, it's teaching a lot from you, and senior year now, I, I can see from freshmen, they're struggling maybe a little bit, and it's taught me a lot to become more of a man and respectful and go out of your way to do things in life, and going on to college now next year, I'm becoming more of a kid that once was maybe not more independent, less independent, and, and now I'm a kid that can strive to go have a great future in my life. And how about the brotherhood, too, that does exist here at Cell? Can you reflect upon that for me, Tony? Brotherhood, Tyler? it's awesome. You know, I played, three, I played football, basketball, and lacrosse, and going from these different sports, it's a bond that something that not many schools have and something that's been created here forever at Cell. and 
the group of friends that I have and the brotherhood that we created these past four years is something that will be forever in my life. I'll always go back to my friends and they're like family to me. All boys, no girls, but it's all right. You can find the girls in other places, right? right? Other schools, such as at the the sister school, Regina. (laughs) Regina. So it's all right, Tony. How about you, Will, now? Talk about just everything with uh, De La Salle and what you can take away from your experiences with the Brotherhood specifically and what the Brotherhood has meant to you thus far as a junior now. Well, I just know that, like, I came in, I was the only one from my middle school that went here because I live kind of not very far away. I live in Rochester, but, like, I came in and didn't have many friends in the relationships that I built here. They're, like, nothing that I've ever, like, had before. Like, we're all so close. We all hold each other accountable and we, like, push each other to be better to be better and I just think that the friendships that I made here like not only are they like good like as friends but they've also helped me develop way more and how about balancing the academics with the athletics you guys both play sports so what is that like here at DLSL because I know it can be tough at times too balancing both yeah well the teachers here at DLSL they like I don't think it's the case at public school like it is here because the teachers you have a close personal relationship relationship with them and they want you to do good they want you to succeed so if you like they'll take time out of their day extra time if you need help or struggling with something they'll help you out and they'll work around your schedule too because like if I practice right after school I've even had time where like I'll stay like after practice I'll be here for math tutoring or something if I'm struggling so they're really good about it, and they all care about you. So the teachers, guys, are always here to tutor you after school, two of those after school hours, or maybe before school, right, as well from what I remember. Mm-hmm. They mentor you, they tutor you, and they, they kind of coach you up inside the classroom, right, Tony? I mean, can you reflect upon that as well, and the importance of balancing academics and athletics and how hard that can be it, as well at times at DLSL? Very. So when I was playing, uh, let's say, football, for example, I would, I would have, we have Friday, Friday night games and Thursday night or something, I would be like getting ready for my game, you know, and I have maybe a test Friday morning and it's tough, you know, you got to study for your test and balance out practice and and sports. Like, let's say like I I have to pack for football tomorrow, I pack all my uniform, pack all my clothes and stuff to balance out studying for my test and stuff. And it does get difficult at times, it gets stressful. And, but knowing that you have to balance those two out and stuff later on in life, it'll prepare you for the real world and it'll prepare for like your future. And when you have a job and you got to deal with your family and work also, it'll prepare you for the future. And now guys, how about the faith element too of De La Salle? Emphasizing that, the Catholic, the Christian education with the brothers and their presence here as well at De La Salle. From going to, I've been a Catholic school my whole life and coming here and, and praying before every class and and going to chapel, going to church once a month, it, it's really brought me a close relationship with God because knowing that He's with you forever and, and He's always there by your side, like bef- like praying before every class, like that brings you close to Him. It's brought me like a deeper faith. And how about you know Saint John the Baptist, De La Salle, and having that prayer, and you recite that before class before starts, right? Before yeah. every single school day. That is so cool. And will to yeah. you now about the faith-based education here at De La Salle. What has that meant to you throughout the years? I mean, it's been, so I, this is my first time in high school. It was the first time I attended like a Catholic high school. And like, it was the first time I'd ever taken like a religion class. Like I'd made my confirmation, everything already. But like this year I have Mr. Berlin and he's given me like a whole new perspective on like what it means to be a man and how to like go about your life with, with having your faith and practicing it at the same time. And it's been really cool to me to see how, his perspectives on what it means to be like a faithful man while living. And overall, I just, 
I know that I've learned things here from all the people because of the way they carry themselves because of their faith that I'll take through the rest of my life. Overall, a great experience at the Collegiate, and it's always a great day to be a pilot. In so many words as well, guys. And with that being said, thanks to both of you for all the time, and best of luck the rest of the school day here for a career day and the rest of the way this semester too. And that is all she wrote on this episode of the Deal Cell Spotlight podcast. It was a pleasure speaking with the three alums I had the chance to speak with. And that would be once again, Jonathan Stano, Dr. Frank Wilson, and Dr. Charles Lucas. Terrific insight and stories from all three of those individuals. And then to hear from current students in Tony Sarah and Will Smythe to wrap up this episode and have them get the chance to share their experiences of walking through the hallways currently at De La Salle Collegiate and to hear what they had to say about what that entails. It was terrific to hear from them as well. Two bright students that have a bright future ahead of them after their days at De La Salle Collegiate as well. Guys, it's been a pleasure speaking with all of you, and let's do it again very soon. Bye-bye.